0: Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding.
1: Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
0: What's up, nerds? This is just a couple of our slings, The Last Kingdom podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Jessica Toomer.
1: And I am Alyssa Fixie. We are writers for Sci Fi Wires fangirls who started recapping The Last Kingdom in season three. So we decided to bring that nerdy, horny energy to Podcast Landia. Jessica,
0: what's up? Uh, Alyssa, it's been so long. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> so, uh, God, we have so much to talk about. Um, this episode is yeah. crazy. A but lot I happens. Think- We should start off because we've realized we've been in such a Last Kingdom bubble. Like, we've been watching these episodes and then rehashing them um, that I think we've both kind of, like... Not addressed some things that have been happening in like the entertainment world, um, mm. just because we've been so like we've been little hermits and right. we have a bit on Twitter and yeah, it's been a lot. So, all we do
1: is hang out in Wessex. That's like our lives right now.
0: That's all we do. That's really all we care about and that's fine, <laughs> but we should talk about this, um, Marvel kind of discussion and, um, martin scorsese and his comments about marvel and how it's kind of snowballed into this whole thing where a bunch of prominent directors have kind Mm -hmm. of you know said some not so nice things about these superhero movies and what they're doing to the age of cinema uh so yeah so i think um (laughs) if you don't care about this just skip on forward but i think it's interesting because we are living in such a it's such a crazy time for content. Like, there's so many mm-hmm. shows, so many movies. It's so good. Like, it's it's great. But it does, you know, it's, this is a, a business at the end of the day, I think. And, um, you know, some of these movies perform much better than others. And if a movie performs well, you're going to make more of that movie and less of the movies that don't. And I think that's what Score said, like, at the, at the heart of his kind of issue with Marvel and these superhero movies is that it's great, you know, kind of, he calls it audiovisual entertainment. It's not mm-hmm. cinema. And I can see, I see, I see that argument. Like, I see where he's coming from.
1: Yeah. You know, it's one of those situations. Like, if anybody is allowed to have an opinion on cinema, it's Martin Scorsese. Like, he's done so much for the industry and he's done so much for the development of film. Like, His movies aren't necessarily for me, but um, because it's, you know, I'm not super into the mobster thing and there aren't a lot of women in it. So I'm not saying he's above reproach, but I am saying that, you know, his movies have had such an important impact on cinema. Like if anybody gets to define it, then it's probably him. Um, And I definitely like I know a lot of people were asked about it and a lot of people had a lot of opinions about it. Um, I definitely Scorsese's was more interesting to me than like Francis Ford Coppola, who, again, another great director. But I don't know. Ever since Coppola kind of came out and supported Victor Salva, who's a director who was a a pedophile, like an actual pedophile was, you know, prosecuted bad man. And he still continued to support him. I kind of didn't care anymore. Like, I don't care how good the Godfather is. If you're, you know, if you support a pedophile, I'm pretty much done with you. Um, But with Martin Scorsese, like, I think it really, I don't know, it really became a huge deal. And they kind of, I don't know, the the entertainment journalism industry, it kind of sort of started, it it became like a snake eating its own tail. Like, of course, they're going to ask somebody new. And of course, they're going to have an opinion. And it just was this whole... I don't know, this whirlwind of opinions and it got really exhausting and it was to the point where it was just like, please don't ask any more people (laughs) about whether or not they care about Marvel movies. But I think, you know, here's where I land on it. Like, I am a Marvel movie fan. I'm, you know, I'm like deep in the MCU. I love it. I will always love it. But I think there's room for criticism. Mm -hmm. I'm not one of those people where if I love something, I refuse to hear anything against it. That's just not how I roll. I think the idea that they're all bad is stupid. Like, they're like any other kind of movie. I think it was um, James Gunn who mentioned this. Like, yes, there are good MCU films and bad MCU films. Just like there are good mobster movies and bad mobster movies. Any kind of genre will have varying degrees of quality and i think to just write off one genre completely is 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 narrow minded i think but again like get over it i don't know like the the superhero nerds have taken this so personally and they've like felt like they need to like rush to marvel's defense and i'm like they really don't need marvel's to, good yo marvel's <laughs> fine they're gonna be okay martin but, scorsese is not gonna take down the marvel empire with oh, right, his words I right <laughs> and but they act like you know martin scorsese was the one who you know killed tony stark himself <laughs> spoiler uh, alert for endgame yeah. sorry Thanos. <laughs> right
0: um yeah no i agree i think and you know what i look at some I, I completely get, you know, there are some Marvel movies, as much as I love Infinity War, Endgame, I, that's just, that's just entertainment. You know what I mean? I think right. there are some Marvel movies, like when I look at like Winter Soldier. That's my favorite one. Yeah, that are that's real cinema to me. It's so I mean, that good, stylized, and that pulls from you know inspiration from past movies and from um, noir
1: crime, you know, right. movies it's of a, the past. It's, that it's like it's a spy movie and it's a great yeah. one. Whether like even if you take out the superhero factor of it, like it's a great spy movie.
0: Right, and I think about you know Logan. um uh, so good. I, I think James oh Mangold did that. Logan. Uh, yeah was just such a, it, that was such a great movie. Again, it's in the superhero world. I wouldn't necessarily classify it like just superhero. But I think, so I think there are, there are exceptions. And sure. like you said, you shouldn't, we shouldn't paint it with a broad brush. Um, and I think the other side of that is talking about how, you know, a lot of people took that as, oh, well, superhero movies are destroying cinema. Mm. But But if you think about cinema the way, you know, Martin Scorsese probably does, a lot of those movies are made by the Martin Scorsese's of the world. You Mm -hmm. know, like, they have the privilege of making those movies. Not everyone does. And I think a a lot of times you see people who make these, you know, small, like, indie films that are very, you know, cinematic, and and their reward is to make, like, a a blockbuster, you know, superhero movie. You think of, like, Ryan Coogler, Ava Mm -hmm. DuVernay, or... So it's like, I think... I don't think that it's just one or the other. I think sure. there's a balance. There's a middle. And you can like them. You don't have to like them. Let's not lose our shit if people don't like them. Like, it's cool. They're going to be fine. Well, that's <laughs> the Cinema's going to be fine.
1: Well, that's the thing. Like, you have, like, a Taika Waititi who went from A Hunt for the Wilder People, which mm. was a great little indie, to Thor Ragnarok, to Jojo Rabbit, which is another small indie film. And it's just... I don't know. I don't I don't think that it's so cut and dry that you either have to love Marvel or you have to love, quote unquote, cinema. I think I think there's room for both. And I think people should take take everything a little bit less personally, you know, like on on both sides of the aisle. Like, you know, yes, like movies are important, like whatever. But also you're not. Hearing cancer. Like, it's a movie and that's and it's beautiful and it's art and whatever, but like, let's not get too self important about what we're doing here. And then, like I said, with the you know, the superhero nerds, like, just because somebody doesn't like your favorite superhero, like, it's fine. They'll be fine. You'll be fine. You
0: need to calm down. Right. T. Swift said, listen to Taylor. You need to calm down. (laughs) Like what you like and let other people like what they like and let's just all live like
1: in fucking harmony. I don't just whatever. Right. There you go. There's so much. There are so many things to worry about and be angry about that. I mean, whether or not Martin Scorsese is a fan of Captain America, it really doesn't make a blip on the radar of importance, you know, like just yeah. It's fine. Get over it. Let's harness
0: that energy and, like, put it towards, like, climate change or something. I don't know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, No. Martin Scorsese (laughs) and his glasses need to hear my anger. Like, oh, God. We have to take him down
0: first. Right. Yeah, no. Speaking of living in harmony, Mm. let's, let's go to The Last Kingdom because things are not harmonious in Wessex.
1: Not at all.
0: It's... It's getting rough. Like, the tensions are ramping up, and poor Uhtred is just stuck in the middle of it all.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I used to think that, you know, the, the biggest thing that the Saxons had going for them was the fact that they were all united under Alfred, and the Danes could never agree on who was going to be king, so there was so much infighting. But this season really shows that on the Saxon side, without Alfred, they are just as backstabbing as the Danes. And yeah, Utrid is stuck in the middle of these really disintegrating factions and it is a mess.
0: <laughs> it's a damn mess. Um <laughs> so we we kind of pick up things Utrid's living amongst the Danes. He's um 100% good to go. He's got over his flu mm-hmm. and he's, you know, practicing his sword skills. Leofric is still like, you know, haunting him around in halluc- hallucination form. So he might just be going crazy. I mean,
1: I thought maybe it was the fever, but he could be losing his mind. We don't know. The guilt is eating at him, I think. Like, leaving behind Alfred, even because even though, like, you know, he hates Alfred for what he's done, like, he still swore an oath to him and he still served him for over a decade now. So that's that's a hard bond to break, even when you're angry and feel as betrayed as Utra does.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of he's stuck in um and done home and you know, we're we're playing party games and and getting white girl wasted. It's it's all <laughs> such a good time. Yeah. Um and there's also, you know, we party one night and then we we talk about, you know, marching on Wessex the next, so it's mm-hmm. kind of it's a it's a bit of a like a roller coaster I think for Utrid, like emotionally to be like yeah I'm like I'm totally chill and like relaxing with my family and then the next one it's like oh let's talk about like killing this dude that I've served for 15 years it's pretty difficult yeah Um, and I think you know before we kind of get into that and what happens in Dunhall we should probably talk about our sweet Ethelfled and what she's going through.
1: I'm so proud of her. Like, she is doing so well. She's killing it as a lady. She's living apart from her shitty husband. Like, she's a mom. She's a businesswoman. She's a leader. And her people (laughs) love her. her. She is. (laughs) Right. I don't know how she does it because she is crushing (laughs) it on all fronts. And I respect that.
0: Yeah. And so I think, you know, talking about respect, Ed Helm, uh, who is, as Ethelfled like, Correctly describes him. You know mm. he's Ethelred's hound. He visits Ethelfled at her mercy Inn estate. He kind of creeps in, in in the night so no one will see him. And you you almost get the feeling like oh like is he's this he's there dude, to kill her? He's yeah. gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but turns out he really respects Ethelfled. He sees her value um, for mercy as a whole. He knows everyone respects her um his his king is not turning out to be the king he wanted him to be mm. and he knows that killing Ethelfled in the end is just gonna cause more unrest and disarray for Mercia. I'm here because I'm every breath of Mercian. And because I've come to believe that we would be a poorer land without the Lady of Mercia. He warns Ethelfled of Ethelred's plan to, you know, have her attacked by rogues or, or whatever and just killed. Mm-hmm. Um and suggests that she leaves her estate, which like why the fuck does she
1: have to leave her home? I like know. It pisses me off. <laughs> I know. But yeah. <laughs> but Athered, it's for her safety. <laughs> it is. And Atherod is, you know, not going to play fair. Like he's so bitter against her and against whoever's child that is. Like whether it's his or whether it's Eric's. I like to think that it's Eric. It's Eric. She's Come Eric's. On. Come on. Look at that blonde head. She's so cute. It sucks that they have to leave, but at least, you know. She's got people around her who give a shit, you know, like she's inspired that kind of loyalty. Like her men are willing to go wherever with her without question. She's got her like lady in waiting symbol or I'm I'm, I'm not sure what role she plays, but she's kind of like Athelflaed's right hand. And so she's going to find Bayaka and bring him some letters to be like, hey, we need Uhtred because shit's getting real. And he's the only one that Athelflaed trusts at this point.
0: Right, and so she, she heads off to a nunnery. Um, she's got she's got a good cover because, you know, she says she's going to this nunnery, and everyone's like, oh, is it to pray for your sixth father? And she's like, yes. Yes, definitely yes is. Is. <laughs> Um, Yeah, so she heads off, and uh, Ethelred kind of discovers this. He has a man that goes in and checks, and he's like, yeah, no one's there, bro. He gets pissed, stabs the guy without finding out where she went, and Edhelm has... <laughs> The best line of the episode, which it's is... It's a good
1: burn. This is the ninth century. <laughs>
0: you ju- you can't just kill people.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, man. That was one of those lines. It felt a little modern, but I also really appreciated it. I loved it. it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's
0: too modern, you know, when we talk about Skade and how she looks, but then there's just modern enough where you're like, dude, That's it's a, a great ninth century. Don't, yeah. Don't kill people. <laughs> um. Yeah. So he's... Ethelred's, you know, plan to get rid of Ethelfled kind of hits a snag, um, mm-hmm. and he tells Ed Edhelm, you know, go find some Danes, any fucking Danes will do, but I want her dead. Find out where she is, sick them on her, like that's going to be the end of that. So Uhtred's involvement is more important than ever. And then we visit um, Beocca in Wessex.
1: Yeah, Alfred is really disintegrating like his health is bad his mental health is bad like Mm. without Uhtred he kind of feels a little bit unmoored I think and he's disappointed in his son you know although his son is really just doing what Alfred did for so much of his life you know he spent so much time you know chasing tail and doing whatever he wanted to do and Edward at least is committed to one girl you know what I mean but it's still seen as you know quote-unquote errant behavior They're looking for a wife for Edward. Ailswith is saying, you know, boys will be boys, whatever. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're really focused on getting him a wife, but they're choosing the family, especially the father and not the daughter. Like, he gives Bayoka a list of names and they're like, oh, and he's like, oh, you know, are these eligible ladies? He's like, I don't know if they have daughters, but if they do, they're on the list. So... They
0: could have the pox for all they care <laughs> right. as long as their dad has like a thousand men and lots right. of silver they're good to go. Right. Um but apparently that's not going to be good for Edward because Edward is already married. Already married.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes on bikes. Um he talks about his like sweet gentle wife and Nobody really believes him that they're actually married. They think he's playing a joke. And he's like, no, go find the priest. You know, they'll find out that, yes, I am indeed married to this woman. And, you know, it's just, it's a mess. Like, he doesn't want to be king. He doesn't want to be the Atholang. And Alfred's super pissed at him. But honestly, I'm, like, I get it. Like, it sucks to be a woman back then. But, like, why doesn't he just make Athol fled his heir? Because she's killing it. She could definitely kill it on a larger scale. Like, get over it. You know, leave your leave your boring son behind and give the power to Aethelflaed. At this point, that seems
0: like the easiest option for Al- Alfred because Edward is still so young and so green.
1: Yeah, he very green. He
0: hasn't earned anything for himself. And Aethelflaed is the complete opposite. I mean, she's got a, a ton of respect and a ton of loyalty from all kinds of people in Mercia and in Wessex. Yeah she could really unite those two kingdoms. So it is like a it's a bit of a head scratcher, you know, other than the whole like sexist like women can't rule thing. mm mm-hmm. Why Edward why Alfred would would pick Edward over Ethelflaed. Um, but that's the way it is. And so he he sends Edward to a monastery to, to pray things out. Pray away his <laughs> insolence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um Maybe by the time he like emerges from the monastery, he won't be married or have mm. babies anymore. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And it's all kind of going to hell for for Alfred at this point. And so then we kind of we jump back to Dunholm, mm-hmm. um, where things are going marginally better for the sort dance. of
1: sort of. <laughs> Um, Yeah, they're like having it reminded me of like field day in elementary school where you'd like play the stuff, play all the games outside and less ale, right? (laughs) Less ale, but it just it had that like field day vibe. And Ragnar is such a ham. Like he's the MC of the games. He's having the time of his life. Uhtred is there. Brita is there. His family is united again. And he is like he's feeling it and he's so stoked And he, I liked the different insults that they came up with. Like, (laughs) I didn't know that frog liquor would be such a you know burn, but I guess that's a thing. (laughs) Osgood it. we do not lick frogs. I'm like, all right, is this like a thing? Like, does it have to do with like you know, frogs are associated with witches or I don't know. It was just it was so odd, but I didn't hate it. Yeah, I mean the pig humping. And the ugly, you know, calling them, you know,
0: ugly—that didn't seem to bother anyone. It was the right. frog-looking that really got to them. But yeah, my, I was totally rooting for Golden-haired Boys of Denmark. It's mm-hmm. a—it's the new boy band name. I call it. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so we get to see the Vikings have have some fun in games. Ragnar is like such a trickster. I just love it. He's so in his element. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Heston and Blood pull up and they ruin the fun,
1: you right. know, proving that party crashing even in medieval times, just isn't cool. It's a party foul. Yeah. So, yeah, Ragnar has to stick his head in the bucket and quick sober (laughs) up. (laughs) We've all been
0: there, buddy. (laughs) Who
1: hasn't had to rally? But, um, (laughs) yeah, so Heston and Bloodhair show up and they're like, hey, let's take out Alfred together. And they're, like, mad that Uhtred is there and... Bloodhair is mad that he still has skate. And there's so much, there's so much division amongst the Danes. Like, there's so much pride and they're all so petty. Like, I love a few of them, but they're all so petty. Um, But yeah, they think that they're going to be able to, you know, unite against a common enemy in Alfred and take him out while he's weak. It's
0: it's a real blow. I think you, you know we see Heston and Bloodhair together, like not a big surprise, and then we see Ethel- Ethelwald like riding in behind him, and he and Uhtred have this little back and forth. Um, and woof, it is difficult because. You know, Ethelwald basically is saying, like, bro, we're the same. Like, yeah. we both got usurped by our uncles. We've broken our oaths. We're going against Wessex, but for the good of Wessex, or what we think is the good of Wessex. Mm. A lot of what he's saying does make sense, but Uhtred does not want to hear that he is just like Ethelwald. Like, that's the biggest burn of all.
1: Sure. Like, I think I think in a way Ethelwald is correct, but I think that. Utred may be thinking for the good of Wessex, but I don't think that Athelwald is. Mm-hmm. Like Athelwald yeah. is for the good of Athelwald. Um, and I think that's the key difference between him and Utred, but like, like you said, he's not incorrect. Like Utrid did break his oath and leave. And there's this, there's so much conflict within Utrid in this episode. And, like, in a way, it's kind of frustrating because it feels like we're back in season one where he's like, am I a Saxon or am I a Dane? And I feel like he's kind of left that behind and he's been more resolute. And so I understand, like, life threw him some curveballs. Shit is really hard. But at the same time, like, come on, man. Like, you can't keep feeling this way. Like, you have to pick a side.
0: You've got to at this point in your life, you've got shit to shit or get off
1: the pot. You have seriously. to make. The, you have to choose one of them because you you've can't got to keep know grappling. yourself better than that. Yeah, yeah.
0: You, you just can't. Um, and so. Uh, you know, we, we kind of head back to, to Wessex and we see that Ethelred's servant, she brings Bioka the letters, mm-hmm. basically saying, this is what's happening. Don't tell my dad. Like, yeah. alliances are everything. Um, and then she gives him another letter that says, um, but I have a solution. And of course, the solution is Uhtred. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> Tira and Bioka uh, get up on the river. They sail for Dunholm.
1: Oh, um, before that, though, we need to talk about... Um... Alfred deciding to go after Utred's children. Oh, my God. What a dick move. Like that is that is just kind of a sign that Alfred is beyond the pale at this point, that he would be so willing to go after children, you know, and he does it in such a way like he's not just going to go kill him. He's going to do it in a way that would hurt, almost hurt Uhtred more by bringing them to Winchester and converting them and turning them into good little Saxon Christians.
0: Yeah, to to have them like completely under his thumb, which is mm-hmm. what Utrid like wanted to get out of. Exactly. Like it's just so calculated and Classic manipulative.
1: Alfred.
0: Ugh. And apparently that's what he was praying about. <laughs> right. When Bioka's like, dude, do you need me anymore? And he's like, Yeah, by the way, God told me. <laughs> like, mm. come on, man. Yeah. Um so yeah, so Bioka's just I mean, I think he's he's seeing like the the bad side of Alfred he's yeah. seeing the bad he side of Uhtred is, he's he caught in the middle too sh-
1: yeah he knows it's a shitty move he knows that but yeah. he's he is all in on Alfred and always will be so
0: he decides to kind of respect Aethelflaed's wishes they mm-hmm. they head up north they survive um, what Bioka thinks is a storm but Tara uh, like Tira tells him this is <laughs> nothing
1: you weakling I love it
0: <laughs> you poor weak little man um, <laughs> yeah and so th- they head up up north to let Utrid know what's going on. And Utrid is, you know, I think we haven't seen a lot of Skade in the past couple episodes. She's been kind of locked away, and that's been a good thing. But he mm-hmm. has a moment with her this episode, especially since blood hair has come. Like, it was time for them to have another moment together. And it was like, ugh. Yeah. Anytime they're together, I just cringe.
1: Yeah, it's... <sighs> You know, I feel like this show does a really, does a really really good job of, like, building chemistry between characters, whether it's romantic or whatever. Like, they do a great job of, you know, building tension, but I don't believe it with skate and Uhtred. Like, I can tell that this is supposed to be a moment that's, like, you know, thick with sens- sexual tension, but I just, it doesn't, it doesn't work for me.
0: Uhtred still seems very put off by her. Yeah. Um, like no matter how pretty she is, like sh- he's still very put off by her and her curse. And right. she is very. It's not like she's like, oh, I'm obsessed with you. I'm in love with you. It's like I know that you're going to be powerful. You're going to be a king one day, and I want to be your queen. Mm-hmm. Like I admire the hustle, scared, mm. but it's it's a little too much. And so, you know, they're kind of having their moment Blood while hair she's comes still chained in. up. Right. <laughs> Bloodhair comes in, is like, yo, that's my woman. Like, what? How do we do? Figure this out? And Utrid is a bit of a shit. Um, again, <laughs> reverting back to his old old ways. Right. And like, makes out
1: with Skade right in front of Bloodhair to kind of goad him on. Sure. I kind of liked it when I kind of liked it when Bloodhair said she was not a woman to own, though. I was like, oh, yeah. right, male ally See, he for knows. two seconds. <laughs> but See, I thought I saw it more as, like,
0: a warning of, like, look, like, she's mine because I have given, like, part of myself to her. Sure. If you're serious about her, you're going to have to do that, too. Like, it's more than just, like, oh, you're going to hook up with this girl. Like, she's, Mm. there's, you know, some serious dark magic about her. Yeah. And I haven't sacrificed, like, half of myself just to, like, let you take it. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. There's I think he recognizes her as power. Obsessed, yeah. Yes. As obsessed as he is with her, he recognizes her power over him still.
1: And and that she's dangerous. I think anybody if anybody knows what Skade is capable of and what she wants to accomplish, it's blood hair. And like, yeah, he's all in on her and will follow her anywhere and try to get her back. But also he knows that, like, she's not she's not somebody to be trifled with.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what happens when you you drink someone's blood. Like that's right. kind of like there's a weird it.
1: there's a weird bond there <laughs> that uh, will linger. Um, but yeah, you know they have that moment, and then you know the Danes are all convening together, and Uhtred basically tells them, you know, you guys need to unite under one leader. Like you can't have these different warring factions, or you're never going to accomplish anything. Um, And he tells them rightly that Ragnar is the one who needs to lead them because Ragnar is the only one that they all trust. And I tell you now, I would be proud to lead the next great army. But only if it is agreed by each one of you.
0: Yeah, and that's very true. I mean, there's no way that Heston or even Bloodhair was going to, like, unite these tribes. Definitely not. I I think, like, it would have felt, it would have felt like more more of like an important decision for me if like we didn't focus so much on Uhtred and his kind of point of view of it all because it is a big deal for the Vikings to kind of all band together under one leader that's huge Huge that hasn't happened yeah um but I think if we're looking at it from Uhtred's point of view even though this happens you get the feeling that he's just kind of over it like he's done with it like he knows that once the raiding and pillaging is over the greed is going to set in they're going to turn on each other it's not this whole, like, oh, we're all one. It's not going to last. Yeah. And I think Uhtred has been with Alfred a little too long to truly be a Dane again. Because sure. the whole Dane way of life is we're going to take what we want and that's it. And yeah. it's, like, kind of, like, destroy, destroy, destroy. And Utrid has spent the last 15 years helping Alfred build something. And right. so to see that all, you know, possibly destroyed, I think, is is a little bit more than he's, like, prepared to face. And to know it's going to be destroyed and then, you know, the infighting's going to start and it's just going to be more war. Like, that's all that's in that future.
1: Yeah, like, you know, Uhtred, he pledges his sword to Ragnar, but he certainly doesn't seem happy about it because, you know, he has his issues with Alfred, but, like, he's reaped the benefits of a stable England. Like, he's had his land, he's had his family, He's had his friends and he knows that, you know, building is better than tearing down and there's never going to be building for the Danes. They just like you said, they just want to destroy. It'll be war forever. And, you know, he's not really on board, but he doesn't really see another option for himself at this point. And, you know, you can tell that his men are really not on board. Like Osworth is mad. Finan, you know, shushes Osworth, but he's also mad. Citric has a wife in Saxony. So, like. He doesn't you know want to go to war either, and you know it's just it's a mess, yeah,
0: and so that's what you know while Alfred is putting on his chain mail and trying to <laughs> rally the troops yeah. um that's what bioka and and Tira kind of walk into. they see Heston on the road
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, so bioka's kind of clued into like, okay, he's not to be trusted anymore, yeah, they get there, they see Athelwald's there, of course, um. And, you know, they're welcomed because obviously Ragnar is so happy to see Tira and to see yes. that she's happy and, and well, like, adjusted. But the fact that Bioka is there is kind of like a pause because if anyone can sway Uhtred, it's Bioka. Know, other than yeah. Hild, right. it's Bioka. Yeah.
1: She asked for your help, not because you are her oath, man, Uhtred, but because you are the man that she trusts the most. There's a lot of secrecy going on because Bioka is like, oh, well, we're just here to tell Utrid that Alfred banished him even though this is something that he already knows um but yeah like he Beoka and Utrid they have a little chat and um he tells them about Athelflaed's situation and initially Utrid is like I'm out like this is not what I want to do this does not serve me anymore and I'm I'm done and Beoka you know he tells them about what Athelwald has been doing and how he is involved in Athelred wanting to kill Athelfled. I feel like I just crammed a lot of Athels so into one Athels. sentence. <laughs> um I think I got them all right though. Um but yeah, basically tells him, you know, Athelfled releases you from your oath, which has been such a sticking point for for Utrid. Um, but she wants you to help her as a friend because you're the only one that she still trusts.
0: Ugh, what a gut punch. It's like It's like that thing when your parents are like, we're not mad at you. Just disappointed. Just disappointed. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was like for me watching that. Because it's like, you are not sworn to me anymore. But I
1: still consider you my friend. Will you help me? Right. Come on. Which is kind of exactly what Uhtred is looking for. Like, he's been so bitter about Alfred trapping him with the oath. And for Athelflaed to recognize that and release him from that oath. And sort of hoping that he'll help her because of their relationship. Like, that's exactly what Utrecht was looking for. And I think mm-hmm. I think if she hadn't have handled it that way, I don't know if he would have been as willing to go and help her as he is.
0: I agree. Yeah, that whole conversation, which by the way, can we just talk about how Bioka, like greets the Cook'em crew and It's so calls, good. Call Citric um, The one that looks, dang like a oh. that looks like a rat.
1: Oh. I also really loved his um reunion with Brita. Brita, my angel, I see you've <laughs> swallowed another wasp. I was like, man, when he's on fire, Bayoka is on fire. He is a sassy priest, and I, I, I it. like it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so I think that that
0: doesn't help the conversation either, because once bayoka leaves, you know, the Kokum crew like gets back together, and I they're I love talking, them so much.
1: I love them uh, so much.
0: They're kind of talking around it, because Utrid's like, I don't want to hear it, and so Finnan's like, well, then I would tell Citric that
1: we shouldn't do this, and because I would of tell his wife. And Osberth <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> is upset, and I'm upset. But you know, I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, and Uhtred is kind of offended that they would imply that he would abandon his brother. But mm. he doesn't really have another choice at this point. As long as he has people that rely on him, he can't just abandon them to be a Dane. Like if he yeah. was, if he was just himself and completely autonomous, then maybe. But he's got his family. He's got, you know, even though Alfred's taken away Cookham, like he has people there. He has his, you know, inner circle. And he's like I said, like he's making decisions for more than just himself. Make no mistake. We have the same you and I. Apparent traitors to Wessex, but for
0: good cause. Yeah. And so he he kind of has a confrontation with uh, after all this happens, he has a confrontation with Ethel Wald. Oh, so um, good that really pisses him off for good reason. He I mean there's a bond there between him and Ethelfred and he's made promises to her mm-hmm. and you know she's went to bat for him when it comes to her dad. Like there's just there's a friendship and a bond there. And I think even if he wasn't planning on going to help her at that point to see someone just such a worm, you know Ethel Ethelwald is such a worm to see him plotting her murder is just a little too insulting like it's too much you know yeah um and so they have it out can you
1: can you imagine if you were like against Uhtred and he like growled at you do not sleep tonight you may not wake how pants shittingly terrifying would that be Dude, I mean, I honestly gained a bit of respect for Ethelwald because he
0: didn't drop dead out out of fear. Yeah. Yeah, He didn't piss himself. Like, um, (laughs) he just kept, you know, goading him on, and everyone's there. Bloodhair's there. Ragnar's there. Brita's there. They're all witnessing it and seeing how upset that Utrid is getting every time Ethelwald says something about, you know, oh, are you sworn to the princess? Oh, are you going to leave us for her? Like, he knew as dumb and, you know, just there for shits and giggles that Aethelon is, he's smart. And he, knows he, the weak, he
1: knows the weak points to exploit in order to cause mm-hmm. the most chaos.
0: Yeah, and it works. And it works really well, unfortunately. <sighs> Ugh, yeah. There's so much angst.
1: What my father gave to you, I now take back. You are no longer Udred Ragnarsson.
0: Ragnar, no, no, you cannot do
1: that, please. You are no longer my brother.
0: Brita calls Uhtred, like, a whore to the crown of Alfred, which, Uh, like, ouch.
1: Yeah, it's bad. Like, he... But he basically tells the Danes the truth. You know, he tells him, this army can never hold. Like, you're not going to be able to stay united. It's not going to work out. Um, And Ragnar, like... He feels so betrayed because Uhtred is like, all right, I have to go. Like, I have to help her and Mercia. I will be leaving. I'm not going back to Wessex, but, like, I'm still leaving and I'm not going to be a Dane. Um, And Ragnar is like, you know, do not do this to me again. And he basically cuts him off. You know, he banishes him and tells him, you know, you are no longer Uhtred Ragnarsson. You are no longer my brother. Which is devastating. Even Tira's like, don't do that. It's awful. (laughs) It was just like a mess. It's, it's, yeah. And like, they've had, you know, they've had their ups and downs, but they've always been able to sort of reach across that divide between Saxon and Dane and sort of cling to their brotherhood and now... That's done. No, this felt like the this felt like a rift that cannot be repaired. Yeah, a huge one. And so before he goes, he's like, "All right, I'm going to take Skade with me and Blood is like, "The fuck you are." And <laughs> so um yeah, you know, he calls them to make the square and fight for Skade and that is the end of the episode. Yeah, a
0: fight to the death, which is not what Bloodhair originally propositioned, he said, nope. "We can make the square and do it with staffs, and it'll be a fight of skill. Right. Whoever wins gets skayed. Right. But Ragnar and his, you know, anger towards Uhtred is like,
1: "Nope, You're this is the chance for him die. to die." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, woof. yeah, we're in a rough spot. It's a lot, and although, although I'm kind of like, maybe he just doesn't realize how powerful Uhtred has gotten at this point, but like. He's already defeated Bloodhair on the battlefield once. I don't know why he thinks that he won't defeat him in the square, too.
0: Yeah, bro, he killed Ubba, like, seasons ago.
1: It's (laughs) Uhtred, come on! (laughs) Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts.
0: It's time for our next episode, Wishes. This is when we issue our demands for upcoming episodes like the spoiled toddlers that we are. Here's what we want to see, when we want to see it, and why we won't be denied. Alyssa, you want to go first?
1: Yeah, so I basically, I just want Uhtred to stick with the decision that he's made and do right by his men. Like, he's been so wishy-washy about whether or not he's a Saxon or a Dane, which, like, I get it. They've both done him wrong. They've both benefited him. It's a tough call. But I just wanted to make up his mind like this inability to choose has really it's in this episode. It really felt like we were watching season one Utrecht again. Yeah. Um, and I'm hoping that age and experience will sort of, you know, sort of help him stick to this choice. Like his men are Saxon. Their families are Saxon. It's time to make a final decision and stick with it, my guy.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think. You know now that the bonds of brotherhood have devastating. Been broken, broken, uh, yeah we've we've survived the angst of it all i'm gonna say it i'm ready for a little cathartic bloodshed hell like, yeah make the fucking square chop off bloodhairs <laughs> of head and pale ethelwald in his sleep like i don't care which asshole dies as long as Udred gets to like do the killing and maybe get out some of his like aggression
1: mm-hmm. yeah that's fair So, The Last Kingdom has a massive cast of interesting characters, and nearly everyone gets the time to shine. Our Arsling of the episode is the character who truly goes above and beyond to win the war or simply win our hearts. Jessica, who is your Arsling in this episode? So, I mean,
0: honestly, none of the men impressed me this episode. I think they're all pretty, like, greedy, and they'll turn on each other in a second if it means more silver and glory. Mm. So, I think I'm going to cast two votes for the ladies, one for Fled, who handled the news that her husband wanted her dead like a damn boss. She's, like, casually vacationing to a nunnery while keeping her father's alliance strong, asking Uhtred for help on the down low. Like, that's a real queen. Yeah. And a, a vote for Tira, because, you know, it's fun to see her kind of make fun of Bioka and, and cackle with glee at his so good you know, fear of a tiny storm. <laughs> and she... Comes to Dunholm, which is where she, you know, the worst of the worst has happened to her there. And she's still trying to, you know, speak truth to Ragnar and kind of reason with him and, like, make sure everything's okay. It's like, she's just come so far, and I'm so proud of her. So, yeah. ladies, you're doing it for yourselves, and you're doing it for all of us this episode.
1: Yeah, I uh, I 100% agree. Like, these women are getting shit done because the men can't be bothered to make a decision like i loved seeing athelflaed so capably running her estate and sort of inspiring this love from her people i loved seeing tira facing a place where she was so traumatized um with such bravery and such grace um yeah like you said like these are two women who have really faced extreme hardships and come out of the other side stronger than ever and i have no option but to stand
0: Get ready to shame them, the worst character of the episode, with us. It doesn't matter if you're a Saxon or a Dane. Anyone can be a turd, and we're calling out the biggest one of the episode. So, Alyssa, who, like, were you just hating on this episode? There has to be so many.
1: There are, honestly, like, all of them? It just, like, yes. it really, it really hurts me to say it, but I'm kind of going to go with... Mm, i feel it like this indecision is such a bad look on him and i know he like gets it together by the end of the episode but we just like we've been with him through so much that we know he's better than this like Mm -hmm. you know we've discussed at length how much season one utra tends to suck um and his disregard for his men and their families is really disappointing and i get that he's hurt by alfred's betrayal But he isn't making decisions just for himself. And so I'm glad he wises up and decides that forcing his men, you know, to ride against their friends and family is a bad idea. But God, it takes an extreme amount of angst to get there.
0: (laughs) So true. I mean, (laughs) so many turds this episode. Like, how do you choose? Like, Ethelwald, he goaded Uhtred into turning his back on Ragnar. Ragnar disowned his brother when he wouldn't fight for him. Utrid waited until the last minute to switch sides again. Again. (laughs) Bioka teased poor (laughs) Citrix. Cedric is um, so sweet and quiet. Leave him alone. And, uh, and calls Uhtred to like doubt himself and Alfred, who's kind of using Utrid's kids against him, which is like, that's probably the worst. Yeah. Um, then you've got Bloodhair, you've got Heston, you've got Ethelred out here killing dudes like it's still the eighth fucking century. <laughs> like, just
1: take your pick, man. All the men. It was, yeah, nobody, no, not many. I don't think any of the men come out of this episode looking great. So, yeah. Now, this is clearly a very serious podcast about a very serious show, but sometimes it's nice to indulge in a little thirst. It's 2019, the world is on fire, and honestly, we deserve this. So this is our time to celebrate the thirstiest moments that really blew our skirts up this episode. Honestly, I feel like we could have skipped this segment, this yeah, episode. I mean, not much here, guys.
0: Like, there's not much to thirst over this episode. There's there's tension between Skade and Utrid; It's thick. Mm. Um, but it does absolutely nothing for me. And if anything, like, I die a little inside each time, like, Skade propositions Udred just because it's so gross. It's
1: so awkward. And he's not into it. You know what I mean? Like, he's basically, like, he's always telling her, you could never replace my wife. And I'm like, Skade, no means no.
0: Yeah, honey, like, consent is everything. And if the dude
1: you're, like, coming on to
0: is, uh, like, constantly mention- mentioning his dead wife, maybe back up. Right. <laughs> like, maybe. Back off a bit. Right. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, I, I guess, like, watching the Golden Hair Boys put on a show with their rope game was, like, semi-sexy, and, like, Ragnar's peacocking is, like, you know, it does it for me. But honestly, I think the show needs to bring us all, like, a tall glass of thirst because things are starting to dry up, and it ain't because of global warming. You <laughs> feel me? <laughs>
1: Yeah, like, listen, this is a show full of hot people, you know? Like, there's no denying this, and it's apparent in every episode. But you're right, like, nothing particularly quenching in this episode, except the occasional feat of strength, which usually works for me and my lizard brain, so. (laughs) Look, it's so, it's almost insulting,
0: Mm. because the show does have so many hot people that you can't make us thirsty every episode, like you're doing something wrong
1: right how dare you (laughs) you've
0: been given all the fucking gifts right use them right Alright guys, I think it's safe to say we've never been accused of being unenthusiastic in our fandom. We annoy our friends, our family, and now you are devoted listeners. Welcome to Geek Out, where we will offer up our humble suggestions about what we think you should be watching and reading. So Alyssa, so what are you geeking out over this this week?
1: Okay. Um last night I watched the pilot episode of Dickinson, which is the yes! new which is the new Apple TV plus show. And I just signed up for like the free week long trial, and I think at this mm-hmm. point there's not enough to like Make me keep going with it, oh, no. um, but yeah, like I definitely really enjoyed the pilot. It's kind of you know, it's it's one of those things where I have to sort of un-unplug my you know dedication to like things being historically <sighs> accurate because yeah. the language is very modern and the sensibility is very modern, but it's done in a way that's very engaging. Um, like I love Hayley Steinfeld; like she's always so good. And I, re- I really liked the pilot episode. I'm definitely probably going to binge the rest of it over the course of the week. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's definitely reminds me of kind of like a Knight's Tale take on history, which yeah. I love that yeah. movie. Love so Knight's Tale. I'm on board. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of what I'm geeking out over today. And I will definitely be seeing that one through. Um, Look, are you are you going to sign up for Apple TV Plus? I feel like everybody's going to have to like make decisions over which streaming services to get their money.
0: God, seriously, I I'm probably not. Yeah, um,
1: I heard I mean, the morning show was really bad, which I heard is ins- too. Which is insane because like you've got Jennifer Aniston, you've got Reese Witherspoon. Like, how do you waste that talent?
0: Steve Carell, Steve you have so Carell, much talent. yes, um, yeah. I just haven't heard good things about really any of the shows. I mean, Dickinson seemed the one. That was most appealing to me, only because I want to see Wiz Khalifa, Khalifa like, play He's so good. And, like, He's so good. Yeah. And I want to see, like, John Mulaney play Henry Thoreau. Right. <laughs> like, right. it's these weird casting choices that, like, have really interested me. But I don't... I I just... There's nothing really there that's, like, super enticing. And then to yeah. see, like, the bad reviews for everything, yeah, it just felt like, why?
1: You know, it's one of those things, like, I'll probably, you know, probably revisit it in the future. Because I know of a couple of things that they're making that sound really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I know they're doing an adaptation of Pachinko, which was a novel that I really loved. And I feel like as an epic show, it would be just, like, amazing. Um, But, yeah, I think when my week-long um trial is up, I'm just going to let it ride because like we've got disney plus coming and that's got a lot more going for it
0: yeah so like i'm interested there's a show that's coming out for apple tv i'm it's probably gonna be next year but it has octavia spencer and aaron paul in it um about this podcast and so it looks it's like a true crime show so it looks really good so i feel like it's gonna be a thing where it's like maybe i jump on for one show yeah Yeah. exactly until they really have a a library that's like big enough to entice like i'm not gonna do it every month, and I yeah. think, like you said, Disney, Disney's bringing those Disney Channel movies. Yo, like, right? Who can compete with that? <laughs> right. So yeah, it's, it's plus also like Verizon. What's up? Like, I get a free like year of Disney Plus.
1: So. What? oh <laughs> yeah, my I'm just God. gonna be enjoying uh, the
0: shit out of that. You know, um,
1: I was so mad. I got a new computer a month before I could qualify for free Apple TV and I was like no. really like a month you're going to begrudge me a month but whatever yeah a lot coming so use your free week to watch dickinson and then maybe let it lie for a while
0: yeah use your time wisely you guys that's hmm. the whole lesson of this era of the streaming war
1: <laughs> you've only so many hours in a day <laughs>
0: um yeah well speaking of streaming i'm geeking out over uh the show the end of the fucking world season 2 yeah um it it obviously had a season one.
1: This first season was terrific. So it was good. Very good.
0: Now Jessica I, Barden's in it, who
1: I love. Yeah, she's great. Um, you know, I, I wanna I haven't watched any of season two yet, and I wanna know because I really loved the first season, but I also thought it ended really well. Um mm-hmm. and I kind of hoped that it would stay a mini-series. You know, does it does it justify that second season in your opinion?
0: Here's the thing. I don't think that they absolutely needed a second season. Okay. Um, I get why they did it. I don't think it was needed. Okay. I am not upset that it's there. It's not like it ruins anything about the first season for me. Yeah. Um, and it, it's an interesting premise because, it, you know, the first season, if you guys watch it, it's, um, it's basically like this Bonnie and Clyde, like, dark humor kind of take on that. It's like these two kids on the run committing crimes, like, mm-hmm. trying to figure out life together. They're, like, two weirdos that don't fit in, you know. And it does. It ends with, like, a cliffhanger. It's very dramatic. I think
1: season two... I feel like it's important to say that in the first season, they go on this road trip, and he fully intends to murder her. Like, that's a pretty important...
0: (laughs) Yes. Pretty important aspect of the whole show. And then by the
1: end of the the season, they're, like, in love. So
0: it's, like, it comes a long way. Yeah. Um, The second season, uh, without giving too much away, it really, like, digs into that whole idea of, like... It's so it's such an escape fantasy to think like we like those kinds of of shows and movies because it's like, oh, they got to get out. They got to get away. Like they're they're doing crazy things. These young kids, you know. Yeah. And like that's such a fun fantasy to buy into. Mm -hmm. I think season two kind of brings you back to reality. And it's like, but what happens? Like you're going to have to go home. What happens when you go home? And especially for um, Jessica Barden's character. Alyssa. She, yeah, Alyssa. Um, <laughs> she deals with a lot, and mm. I, I, I think I appreciated it, the second season because it did dive into like this poor girl has been through so much. Um, her story doesn't just end like on a beach. You yeah. know what I mean? Like it, there's she's got to deal with a lot of stuff, and I think they do a good job. Like justifying it for that reason. Okay. Um, I'm. It's not. I'm gonna tell you. It's not as fun. Mm. Like there. It's you know because it's not like two kids like on a crime spree. Of course, it's not gonna be as fun. Right. But oh, we that do. episode
1: in the first season where they meet the boy who works in the gas station, Frodo. Oh, so yes. good. I okay. love that.
0: But I will say that there is a new character played by Naomi Aki who is going to be in Stars. The Star Wars. Star Wars. Yes. Um. She is fantastic. Okay. She is such a psycho. Yeah. And she just does such a good job. It kind of gives me like Lupita Nyong'o vibes from Us. Ooh, um, that. Ooh, yeah. yeah.
1: That's good. Yeah.
0: So just for her, it's interesting, and and like to see like what happens with Alyssa, I think is interesting enough. Um, it's not. Yeah. So you'll be happy.
1: Okay. It's good. I'll have to watch it. I don't know <laughs> there, when. There's I w- the tagline. Right. You'll be happy. It's, it's good. good. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Alright, guys, if you want to hear more of our bullshitting, check us out on Twitter or over at Sci Fi Wire Fangirls. We've got links to everything below this episode.
0: And until next time, Destiny is all bitches. Look around. You can find cars like
1: these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.